Come on up. Welcome, Greg. Good morning. Hey, did you guys have a good weekend? How many made it to the men's rally? I can't put my hand up. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry I missed it because I heard it was a great time. Hey, uh, let me start out, uh, and uh, we're going to go back and quickly recap what we did last week. And can I say we might need another microphone? We're going to have some back and forth here. All righty. Hey, I came across this verse, doggone. There's a few verses out there. Philippians 3, 13, 14. And remember, we're talking about returning to our first love. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press forward toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And you think, what are you talking about here? Why are, we go, why, are we, why are we talking about that? Uh, we're talking about return to our first love. Paul says a couple of things uh, in that statement, and I want to go over them. And the reason I say that is because for us to press on uh, to our first love or returning to our first love, sometimes we just need to get the junk out of our trunk. Put that stuff that's behind us, put our mistakes, our failures behind us so that we can move forward. Sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourself. And if we don't have forgiveness towards ourselves for the things that we've done in our past, it just bogs us down. It holds us back. And so for us to truly love, and I mean have the deepest love that we could possibly have towards God and towards others, we have to have forgiveness in our hearts for ourselves. So Paul was saying several things in this. Forget the past, moving on towards the prize set before me. What are a couple of things that you hear in this? Real quick, anybody in, in, that, in that verse, what do you hear Paul saying? What do you hear God saying? Forgiveness and persevere. Very, very good. Love one another. God has forgiven me is what I wrote down. Because forgiveness is a big part of it. What did Paul do? Horrendous things. Right straight in God's face and right at God. But not only God has forgiven me, but I have forgiven myself for all the things that I've done in the past. Forgetting all those things in the past. And I'm moving forward for the, for the cause of Jesus Christ and to me, that is absolute liberty, complete liberty. This is all broken off. God's best for you 
God's very best for you is that you forgive yourself and that you move on. And don't let the past hold you, define you, or be your identity. So you heard a little bit about my story uh, this last week. Born, as a toddler told, I was, my mom wished I was never born, beaten with a jump rope, becoming angry, praying to the devil, uh, worshiping the devil, uh, committing sins that were absolutely atrocious, attracting demonic powers that, that I had to be delivered of. Um, committing any sin that I could commit to the best that I could do it. I'm kind of a thousand miles per hour in whatever direction I'm going kind of guy. That doesn't turn out so good when I'm not doing the right thing. But God took what I did, turned me around, redeemed me, and part of that reason that I look at in hindsight now is so that you can hear this story and realize it doesn't matter what you did in the past. Paul is saying it doesn't matter what you did in the past. And God is saying through Paul, if you believe 2 Timothy, that all Scripture is God-breathed. God is saying through Paul that it doesn't matter to him what you did in the past that you are forgiven and free. Let's step out. Let go of what we had in our hand in the past and hold our hand out to God to receive what he has for us today and in the future. So that gets us back to uh, our first love. And I said at the beginning last time that our first love is a place we never really want to leave and it's really a place that we never expect to leave. We took a few minutes and we, we uh, kind of huddled up as groups and we went through and we said, let's, let's, let's go through some of the things just in our personal relationships uh, that we did when love was in the air, when we were trying to uh, impress our, our, uh, somebody in our life, our wife, our fiance, girlfriend. And we came up with some pretty good, pretty good answers there. In my quick list, uh, we would watch their lips move when they talked, looking for the next word to come out. <clears throat> we just needed to be together. We were thinking about them all the time. We looked forward to the next time we were together. Matter of fact, when we weren't together, we were thinking, man, I wonder what they're doing right now. We wanted to be pleasing to them. We wanted to know them. We wanted to learn about them. Didn't matter how long they talked, we were there to listen because we wanted to learn their thoughts, their intentions, and every single thing that we could learn about them. And we agreed that we would say that when that was going on, we were diligently seeking after them. We are diligently seeking after them to learn more about them. 
It wasn't a casual acquaintance thing. It was an intimacy building thing. And that's what we're talking about with our relationship with Jesus Christ. Again, I'm not cheapening our relationship with Jesus Christ by talking about our human fleshly relations here because our, our relationship with Jesus Christ is on a way higher level. He knows you sometimes better than we know ourselves. Anyone who knows my thoughts before I ever have a word coming out of my mouth, that's pretty intimate. So let's talk a little bit about, let's go back to our own relationship with God. How did this first start? What kind of emotions did you feel? What type of actions did you take when you first got born again? I mean, you first got born again. And this love was just surging through you that someone accepts me for who I am. Someone is willing to go ahead and say, it's, it's, you are good. You are my child. Let's just huddle up for just a, a couple minutes here at the table and, and discuss. What are those kind of things that you did? What are those kind of things that you felt when you first got born again, when you first fell in love? Let's try to think back at what those were just for a couple of minutes. Go ahead and discuss. I just run faster. All righty. Let's hear from some folks here. What are some of the What are some of those emotions? What are some of the ways you spent your time? What are the, some of those ways you felt in your heart? Anybody? I got a microphone. Coming on over to Joe. Yeah, so when I um I had left and come back, you know, it was a I was raised in a Christian home but left and came back and um you know, kind of took took the reins back to my life and then when um, I sat in that church out of a driving of the spirit for the first time, you know, and rededicated and re, you know, turned my life back over. It was nature. It was like seeing the stars and seeing the ocean crash on the shore and all those things just showed how big and immense that God was. And seeing that for the first time again um, was just a incredible, incredible thing. And then being in the church all I could. Yep. Yeah. Anyone else? Don't be shy. Ricky. <laughs> um, the reality is, is that you, I mean, in, in light of kind of what Joe said, what you do is you step into this thing that's just so much grander than you could recognize, right? Yeah. And the reality is, is that, yeah, you're, I mean, I think about my wife stepping into this relationship not knowing the outcome. But just trusting that as I be, things will fall in place, you know, and that trust in our relationship with Christ isn't trusting in my own, you know, um, effort, but just his pursuit of me. Right. And uh, also the guys here just kind of an agreement of when you step in a relationship with the Lord, um, there's revelation that happens, but it's a constant re uh, revelation. Right? It's not just a one time, oh, now I know everything, but it's a as I pursue and as he pursues me, 
there's things, you know, we talked about how is it that we can read through a certain scripture and it not click, but five years later, all of a sudden looking back at it, you're like, ah. what the heck? But it's because of his relationship and pursuit and unlocking this freedom within you that when you go back to it and God's like, yeah, I wanted to show you that, but now you're ready. Right. Kind of thing. Uh, yes. Excellent. Excellent. You know, you've, you've all had it. You've either been sitting in church and you've heard a verse that's been, that's been read and you said, wait a minute, I've, I've read that before. Why have I never seen that? You know what I tell myself? you weren't ready for that yet until right now. Uh, you know, hey, even in our relationships with, with people that, we, that we've known for years and years and years, even our spouse, sometimes something will come up and you go, I've never heard you say that before. You know, you learn new things sometimes uh, as you go along. And I like to believe that God is so awesome and compassionate he just gives us what we can handle right now. And we keep, we keep growing and we keep growing. Like I said, I couldn't say one sentence without three cuss words. I had to work on that. That was my big deal thing to work on. I don't even think about it now. It seems like that spectrum of real wide when you get born again and you fall in love starts getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. And now you're working on things that... Uh, that are maybe really minute in your life, but you're just trying to get them to come into alignment with God's word. It's a process. Who gets born again miraculously and they just are perfect from that second on? Yeah. Again, it's a big ship sailing in one direction and all of a sudden you, your heart is caught and you got to slow that sucker down and turn it and your heart turns towards God. Awesome. That's a good word. So now, what contributes to us falling out of love? I want us to go ahead and I want to love to hear um, or leaving our first love. Anybody would just kind of go, go around the room. Anything that has ever drawn your heart a little bit away? Not spending time in the Word. The cares of this world, yep. There was complacency, sin. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Narcissism, comfort, and I thought I heard two different ones. Familiarity. Familiarity. Ah. Wow, is that a big one. I hadn't even thought about it, but the Lord says to us, there's some folks who got themselves a little bit in trouble in the Bible. And what did he say? This confused me at first when I heard it. Because you've become too familiar with me. Wait a minute, I thought I was supposed to be, I was thinking about it in a different way. I was thinking about, it, about being intimate and coming to know you. Because you have become too familiar with me. What is that? I'm kind of going off on a tangent because I hadn't even really thought about that one. That's exactly right. No fear of the Lord. So fear of the Lord, is it start terror shaking? Oh my gosh, is that the fear of the Lord? 
What is the fear of the Lord, somebody? I'm sorry? Being out of his presence? Caring about his thoughts? Respect? Honor? Reverence? Man, becoming too familiar. That was a good one, man. All good answers. Lack of communication, we heard it. Trials and tribulations, life, we heard it. Failures, I don't know if I have those all up here. Not spending time with the Lord. I had written down getting busy with life, but we heard, we heard the same thing here. Maybe feeling hurt by others or being treated poorly, in our own mind anyway, by the church, by people around us. And we harden our heart in a sense. Our own disobedience, I think, can be wrapped up in some of that. Let me see where I'm headed here. Let me, um, let me before I go there, let me just say this. I've been compounding a list over, over quite some time in my own life to remind me about the destruction of sin. And we like to think about sin as being adultery, murder, stealing. But sin is, can be simple disobedience in our lives. And I'm not trying to heap any condemnation or anything like that. Everything that I say here, I'm saying to myself first, guaranteed. I'm probably, I guarantee you I'm harder on myself than anybody else could ever be. You guys are probably the same. You talked to yourself in ways and say things to yourself that you would never say out loud to anybody else. Sometimes I have to remind myself to be a little bit of compassion, have a little compassion and mercy on my own self and not be so hard. Um, but I made a list, and I go through this list uh, to remind me what I lose, to remind me what sin does. And these are things that I've seen sin do to me in my life. And I read through this every once in a while. I've read it with some folks, that, some guys that I have Bible study with here at church. And, um, and I just want to share it with you. It's a list that I wrote out just between me and the Lord. Every, every time, and I'm talking to myself, every time you sin, you lose. Every time you resist sin, you win. Every time you sin, you commit lawlessness. Every time you refuse sin, it is righteousness. Every time you sin, you are weaker. Every time you resist sin, you are stronger. Every time you sin, you grow further from the Lord. And every time you resist sin, you grow closer. Every time you sin, you give Satan the victory. And every time you resist sin, you give God the victory. Every time you sin, you lose favor. But every time you resist sin, you obey and gain favor in the sight of the Lord. Sin is betrayal. And obedience is rewarded. 
all sin kills, steals, and destroys your relationship with the Lord, with all people in your life, whether you realize it or not. Sin desires to drag you backwards, drag you down, drag you away from your relationship with God and others, to separate you out and divide you out from the presence of God. Sin desires to conquer you. Obedience and righteousness will lift you up, will carry you forward, and bring you closer to God and others around you. Sin produces death. Resisting sin, obedience, which is obedience, produces life abundantly. The fruits of sin or wages are death. The fruits of the Spirit are love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, none of which are attributes of sin. Strive for these in everything you do. Sin in God's nostrils smells like yesterday's trash. Obedience in God's nostrils smells like sweet incense. Do the wrong thing and sin. Do the right thing and bring honor to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I just read through that every once in a while, get my mind right, and realize that what I do in my life, how I think, affects our Father in heaven. It is that intimate. God is real. He is as real as I am standing here talking to you right now. And sometimes we slip a little bit because we don't realize the reality that God is a living being. What does he say in the word? Where can I go that you're not? If I go to the heights of the heaven, you're there. If I go to the pits of hell, to the center of the earth, you're there. If I go and hide myself in darkness, darkness is but light to you. There's nowhere to hide. He knows our innermost thoughts. It's that intimate. God is real, and our relationship with him is real. And when we embrace that and realize that, we start realizing that I don't want to hurt God. God isn't this thing that's way off, and he only sees me and hears me when I pray. When I come to him, that's the only time. But it's not true. He is here with us. <laughs> he is living inside of us. We've invited him right here. Don't you know that your body is not your own, but it is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And we got God right here inside of us, and yet we choose to sin like he doesn't see it. Hello, he's right here. He can see through my eyes. He can hear my thoughts. I want him to see good things. I want him to hear good things. 
I want to have fellowship with the living God. So Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. So when we fall a little bit away over the, over the re, for the reasons that we've just discussed, Jesus admonishes us and, and gives us the roadmap back. So in Revelation, <clears throat> there's a message to the churches in Revelation 2. Who's the church? We are. So when I read that, I used to read, oh, man, Church of Ephesus, they need to get it together. <laughs> and then I started saying, oh, uh, yeah, the letter's written to churches, but the letter's written to every single one of us, just like every instruction in the Bible is to every single one of us. So if we get off course, then Jesus gives us a roadmap back. So Jesus, uh, he, he's sharing with us and says, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. It sounds like it might be disobedience. So I say, uh, I'm sorry, then, then Jesus shows us the return, how to return to our first love in the very next verse by saying, remember, remember these instructions, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the same works you did at first, he liked what we did at first. He liked the relationship that we had with him when this all started out. So at the time, there's times in our lives when we get busy, when we get the things of life going on, whether it's disobedience or whatever it is, and I got told once that the enemy will do one of two things to try and throw you off track with your intimate time with the Lord. He'll either get in front of you and try and slow you down, distract you with the issues of life and stand in front of you and try and slow you down. But he's a clever guy. Because sometimes, if he can't slow you down, he'll get behind you and push you so fast that you can't stop. And you still have so many things going on. That your relationship with him starts to dwindle. And both of these issues are overcome when we make God the, the number one priority in our life. Fellas, I don't know if you've heard it before, but God should be the number one priority even over your own wife. And God should be the number one priority in your wife's life even over you. Because you will never, ever meet all of your wife's needs, and she will never meet all of yours. That's a God thing.
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What do you hear when you, when you say, remember from where you have fallen? Because sometimes our mind just defaults to the negative, to condemnation. So do you hear Jesus say repent, or do you hear condemnation? Do you hear forgiveness? Or you hear somebody reaching out to you for reconciliation? And so what were the same works you did at the first? We, we talked about this a little bit, reading the word of God, spending time in prayer, learning, learning maybe for the first time the ways of the Lord, the teachings of Jesus Christ, and embracing them. Someone said we needed to be in the Word, and I can't agree more. To return to our first love, I think we need three things. And I don't know if there's a slide coming up or not, even though I made them. <laughs> but three things I feel like we need to have to return to our first love is repentance. He said it, repent. We need to have obedience Um, towards God, and um, and um, we need to make Him number one in our lives. So we have to be in the Word of God. And I gotta, I want to share with you. We've had some folks share uh, about Bible apps or about a Bible. Let me ask you this. Very honestly, if you feel embarrassed to not raise your hand, is there anybody here that does not own a Bible? And if that's embarrassing and you don't raise your hand, come see me afterwards because I will make that happen. We have got to be in the Word of God. I went into a desert in my life, self-inflicted, where I just wasn't reading, and it went on. For years. And about three, four years ago, um, I found out that there were apps. <laughs> and I could just load this app in here, and, um, and it would give me the verse of the day. Well, I started reading the verse of the day, and I don't think I've missed one for four or five years. The verse of the day allows you to go ahead and punch it, and here it comes up in its context. So the verse of the day that takes 30 seconds or a minute to read sometimes ended up being an hour, an hour and a half, and two hours. I was falling back in love again. I wanted to read what God had written about me in his word. That's not, his word is not written about other people. It's directed right straight to every single one of us for our instruction, for our correction, for our reproof. So I just, want to, I just want you to know there's all kinds of Bible apps out there. I have one on here, and it is one that Pastor Dwayne just said everybody should download this just this last Sunday. Uversion. Everybody, anybody hear about Uversion? Yep. They have a, they have a verse of the day. They even, you can even punch a button and listen to somebody talk about that verse of the day for a, just a couple of minutes. There's another one called 
uh, Bible, uh, gate, Bible Gateway. That's the one I used for years. Again, they allow you to go ahead and punch up, see the verse of the day. It inspires me anymore now. I look at it in the morning. I look at it at night before I go to bed just to have it in my mind again. It just continues to grow and grow and grow um, in our spirit. So how can we ever return to a first love even in a relationship if we don't communicate with the people who are in our lives? The time we spend... In the word, um, getting to know our Father in heaven. Produces exponentially in our lives. It is a reaping and sowing effect in our lives. Time equals our passion. Time equals interest. Time equals priority. And time equals love. The amount of time that we spend with other people, you will find, will equal the amount of time that they want to spend with you. It's just a, it's just a principle that's in motion. So we need to return to the same works that we had before, that same love that we had before. And I'm telling you, the best way that I know is to get back into the Word of God. You may not. You may think, oh, I've been gone too long. I'm not going to understand this. Anytime you bring up the Word of God, just a short prayer. Father in heaven, give me understanding into your Word. Enlighten me. Open my eyes. Remove the scales from my eyes that I can hear your Word and not just be a hearer of your Word, but I will do your Word and do what you ask. Thankfulness is another tenant that I believe that we have to have to return to our first love. And I'm going to finish up here because we're a little bit over. Uh, I would love to come back and speak about thankfulness somewhere down the road. Uh, there's no way I'm going to cover this right now. But listen, a thankful heart, I say it to the guys, <laughs> I don't think there's much of anything else that turns on the heart of God than a thankful heart. And when you are truly thankful, you have to humble yourself to get there. And um, I was not always thankful in my life. I was bitter. And I had to start out, <laughs> some of you guys will laugh because I've said it, Literally going, Lord, thank you for these shoelaces in these boots. I started out with really stupid stuff. And I could stand here and pray a prayer for the next 30 minutes of thankfulness out of my heart to the Lord and never repeat a single thing. Because it builds and it builds and it builds. And it makes me depend on God and be thankful to God for all that he's done in my life and all that he's going to do. So if you don't feel like you have a thankful heart, start thanking the Lord with stupid stuff. He's given you everything. And I, there's some people that I've said this to that take exception to it. Wait a minute. No, I, I had that job. I made that money. There is nothing that you have 
that God has not provided for you. Wait a minute, I bought that house. You don't have a talent in your body unless God gave you that talent. Thank you, Father, for the talents that you've given us. Thank you, Father, for filling our storehouse, our storehouses to overflowing. Thank you, Father, that you've put in our hearts to be a servant to all. I used to be a taker, taker, taker. Uh, now all I want to do is give, give, give. So start out with the little things. Start out with the little things, and that thankfulness will start welling up inside you. Get into the Word of God. You've got to read this. I'm going to tell you right now. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, if this is as sure as I'm saying it. If you are not in the Word of God, you will never live the fullest life that God has for you to live. You, you won't. Every single one of you in here is called to be a disciple. Every single one. Some apostles, some teachers, right? Some evangelists. Doesn't say some disciples. If you are called, you are called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. What does the word say about disciples? The last thing I'm going to say. If you be my disciple, you will abide in my word. It's giving us a clue. <laughs> we have got to be in the I know how difficult this is. I'm not joking that I went for years and never cracked a Bible open. Please, please, please get an app. If you just Google Bible apps on your phone, you're going to see a bunch of them come up. And I'm not going to tell you to jump at every one because there's probably Bible apps for Latter-day Saints or whatever. Just be careful. But I know we know a few of them that are, that are good. They have different versions. Both of these apps have 30-plus versions of the Bible. You can find yours. Okay, I've gone over, so let me just pray over us. Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you for our first love. We thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross and take every single thing that we earned and deserved to have punishment-wise in, in and to us. And he said, stop right there. I'm going to take all of this for you. We are so grateful for the joy set before him. I still can't even comprehend for the joy set before him. He saw this day with our lives redeemed. That's the joy set before him. And we thank you, Father, for your great love for us, that you first loved us. And that you won us to you through kindness. We thank you for your patience in our lives as we continue to turn our hearts towards you. That the love that we have would continue to grow stronger. And if we are returning 
to you, Father. We repent that we ever left, Lord God, and you say that if we repent that you are faithful and just to forgive us. Thank you for opening your arms, running towards us, meeting us halfway up the driveway, embracing us, and saying, welcome home, my son. We love you, Lord. We love your correction. We say, look down upon us, Father in heaven, and see if you see any wicked way in us. Examine our hearts and our minds. We pray that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen.